Constellation. 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 Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment, where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. show. Hello, hello. Welcome back once again to Inner Bloom Podcast. I'm Alexa. I'm Ambrosia. Hi, everybody. (laughs) And we are not alone. We are joined today by Sasha Hart, relationship and business coach for women. Hi, Sasha. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. Super excited. And I'm really looking forward to see where this is going because Aaron told me a lot about you. And um, yeah, what did he say? (laughs) Just like that. Pretty cool, like spot on woman. And uh, he had a great time with you. Oh, all right. Thanks, Aaron. He's so sweet. We appreciate that. Um, Yeah, we had a great – everyone that you you guys are friends with and connected with, we've had, like, the best conversations with. So every time one of you is on and is like, oh, meet this person, we're like, yeah, bring them on. Let's go. Yeah, right. No pressure. (laughs) No pressure. Got it. (laughs) You'll be fine. We'll be nice. Um, Well, since it is your first time on the show, Sasha, you know, every time – someone joins for the first time, we really love to hear their stories of how they got to do what they're doing now. So would love if you could share a little bit about your background. Okay. In a nutshell, um, as we just mentioned before, actually, born and raised in Berlin, you know, a pretty crazy lifetime that I had over there because the country went from separation into union. And um, I, I was lucky to grow up in a childhood. For me, that was actually very much a fairy tale. You know, I grew up with parents that showed me um, a very unique way of being raised. And their intentionality was just like, just raise you with love. You know, I had mm-hmm. no trauma. I cannot remember any argument with my parents. And for a very long time, I wasn't sharing any of those things. Because whenever I did, it created a lot of resentment. And it created a lot of anger and sadness. And people thought, like, I put myself on a pedestal. So I stopped sharing a lot of my story for a long time, even though it was so beautiful because people just didn't want to believe it. And Mm. then last year, wow, we're going in there right away. Last year, my dad passed away due to a stroke. Um, All of a sudden, 57 years old, young, healthy, good man, um, my absolute role model. And he passed due to a stroke. And then within a split second, everything changed. Um, And then... What happened is like, I just was like, look, there's no way, like everything can change within seconds. So there's no way of me just hiding the gifts, my stories and everything else that I have. And ultimately started being a little bit more public about it. What do I do? How do I do things? You know, before I was very quiet. Mm. Wow. And now I live in Bali for five and a half years, you know, made a big shift from from Berlin to Bali um, because I just felt like I need to explore my spiritual side a little bit more, dive deep into meditation and being caught up in my Western world, the bubble, the comfort zone, the good life that I had. It was just hard to really like dive deeper. And so I wanted to live in a different culture and Bali, you know, was just perfect for that. I came here for many years in a row. So I took a leap of faith and moved. Wow. The Bali fairy tale. Um, thank you for sharing your story and, you know, and so sorry about your loss, but thank you for sharing that because I think that's so on people's hearts right now too, is how like, Ambie talks about it all the time, how quarantine and this year that we've all been through, it really puts things in perspective for you of like how short, how little time we really have and like how important it is to really do what you love and share what you're here to share when you can. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's big. And I think for me, the biggest, you know, obviously there are many, many beautiful lessons in that as well. And through my process of dealing with my grief, I learned like how important it is just to look at the gratitude and the positive things. You know, yes, I can look at the sadness, the disappointment, the grief and everything else predominantly, but then I ignore like the gratitude and all the beautiful memories and, and pictures and, you know, everything that we have experienced together, I would just ignore that and not honor it for what it is. So in order to really honor his legacy for myself and everything that he has given to me, I feel like just being in a corner crying and being all sad and like not continue living my life and doing the best that I can would just not be the right thing. And he wouldn't want me to do that. So it's a journey though. I think that as a parent, that's all you want for your children is to be happy because yeah. you just want them to, you, that's why you have those memories with them. That's why you go and do things with them and you want them to remember you in a good light. So when you're no longer around, your children really carry those warm, fuzzy memories with them. So I think you're doing a beautiful job and I am really sorry for your loss. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, Tell us a little bit more, Sasha, about what you do, because we were told by Aaron, I think it was, he was like, oh, you got to meet Sasha. Yeah, he's he's a relationship <laughs> coach for women. And we we're like, oh, that's a, He's like, yeah, it's a really cool angle because he's a guy. And like, it's, you know, it's it's that's interesting, right? Like normally there would probably be a, a female relationship coach for women. So it's really would love to hear more about what you do and, and how you work with women and why specifically women. Okay, the why is the, the most interesting part, actually, because I didn't choose to be a relationship coach for women. You know, <laughs> confidence in relationship was not like, hey, I want to be a woman's confidence coach and this is what I do. Um, not at all. It was the opposite around. I was rejecting this whole path for a very long time. Um, but what happened is I just ended up always in random conversations with women and I can just sit in a, in a restaurant, in a cafe and someone who I've never talked to before just comes to me, sits next to me and tells me everything about their relationship issues, about their MSC problems and, and all that. And I'm like listening. I'm like, okay, I'm here. I'm present. Um, you know, I learned a lot about authentic relating um, skills and communication um, techniques so I'm listening, I'm present. And then I asked her one time, let me ask you this. Why are you telling me all this? Like, I don't know you. You tell me your deepest, darkest, intimate insights. And I've never seen you before. And that happens. I have so many stories like this, you know. And so sooner or later, I had to accept like, okay, there's something that I should look a little bit more into. And I think the biggest thing is like, women coaching women, Amazing, absolutely important. You know, women's empowerment, super important too. I think for a man to coach women, the, the biggest gift there is the power of polarity. You know, when I was seven years old, I remember that story still. I, I made a decision, I don't, I don't want to go to school anymore. You know, I like school, but like, I just felt like my, my time could be spent otherwise way better. So I went to my parents, to both of them. It's like, hey, mom, hey, dad. I don't want to go to school anymore. I want to do this, this, and this. And my mom, or my dad, actually, he had a very playful, heartwarming approach and was like, yeah, yeah, sure, of course. Like, do whatever you want kind of thing. But, like, it's not going to happen. You know, we got to go to school. Uh, you got to go to school. We got to go to work. And he basically told me in a very nice, gentle way, it's not happening. Like, and you love to go to school. So what are you doing here, basically? my mom had a little bit of a different approach. She was way more like, no way. Like, I'm going to work. I'm putting, like, food on the table. You're going to school. Like, later on, this is going to be your life kind of thing. So it was two very different approaches. But then at the same time, they were equally right and valid. So mm -hmm. then that's when I realized, hey, how important it is to I have an issue. I have a thing here. And I want to look at it from all different angles. Because only then I can really make a decision. And that power of polarity, like whenever I have an issue, whenever I have something that I really need to look at, I always consult a woman because I want to look at this thing from all possible opportunities and angles. Mm. And I think that's the power to work with a sex, like with a gender from, from the other side. Yeah. 
that makes sense. That does make sense. It does make sense. It, it was reminding me actually of there's a, like now that I think about it, there is like a dating coach. I forget his name, but he's like kind of famous. And he's, I've seen him on TikTok and he's been on TV shows. And, and anyway, he taught, I think he actually is more geared towards women. And I do find his, inter, his information so interesting because I am like seeing through the eyes of a man, right? Which is like not how I'm under, like if I'm trying to interact with a man, right? It's like, I'm just seeing through the eyes of a woman. I'm not understanding how the man is uh, perceiving things and how he's experiencing his life. And I think that is really important. I have a book here somewhere where it's, it's like the follow-up to men are from Mars, women are from, women are from Venus. I don't know if you know that book. It's pretty famous, but it, it, I read this sequel to this book and it really blew my mind because I'm like, oh my gosh, it breaks down really the differences between the genders and and gives you so much information as to like why we act so differently and why we come from these different places and what our motivations are. So it's a very long way of saying, yes, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think it sounds like it could be extremely helpful to women. So. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love the work. And also... You know, since I grew up in this very equal, they're totally respecting each other. And growing up in communism, my parents grew up in communism, like everything is pretty much the same, right? There's not like one is here, the other one is here. It's like they're, they're beautiful things in it, actually, to be perfectly honest. And my parents had a lot of, they, they saw a lot of beautiful, positive things. Besides, obviously, there were negative things as well, like obviously. But often, unfortunately, the power dynamics between men and women have changed a lot. And men think they're here and women think they're there. And like, obviously, that's terrible. And that's not the way how I grew up. That's not what I'm used to. That's not what I learned, like what a healthy romantic relationship is supposed to look like. And there's one way of like working with men. It's like, hey, look, this is not cool. We got to change it. But why would they do that? They love it up here. So working with women is like, hey, you know, go up here, like have that confidence, have that power and find your boundaries. Um, and then even like go further up. Because if he's not going to up-level then and, like, meets you where you're at, like, you're going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that approach so much better than working with men and their egos and their, like, you know, ideas of power and control and all that. I'm, like, not interested. <laughs> what are some of the blocks that you see, the common blocks you see in women or limitations that you see in women? That's a good question. I personally think the biggest one is communication. You know, obviously, like, confidence in terms of, like, I'm not good enough, like, that type of self-talk, which is also communication, ultimately. Um, But just communication in general. Communication and clarity. Because if you lack that clarity, what you really want, and what you accept and what you don't accept, you're basically also not able to make the shifts and changes necessary and, like, set those boundaries that are important. Um, So a lot of things that I teach and that I coach are always weaved in with like finding clarity and then finding the right communication tools, nonviolent communication tools and, you know, all that. So just to make sure that I understand, communication within yourself is what you're saying on Uh, what you want. That's the first one. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, that's the first one. But the second one is obviously communication with your friends, with your family, with your partner, with business partners and colleagues, you know, there's so many things where we unfortunately have never really learned to communicate properly mm-hmm. in school. And, and I think for me, like just being able to drop into a very uncomfortable conversation, like people just avoid it, men and women, not just women, yeah. you know, they avoid it. They, they just like rather have this discomfort and this, this lack of harmony within themselves because they don't want to go into conflict. Mm -hmm. And I basically help them to like embrace that uncomfortable situation, embrace that conversation that you don't want to have and give them tools how they can actually step into it. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Ambie and I have had to do that quite a bit in our business. We've had to have those like, we've had to like, (laughs) go into the conflict rather than run away. And it's been um, very productive and very, like, expansive 
But I understand why it's still hard for me to do it in my other relationships. It's still hard, even though Ambie and I have practiced it so well and I think we've gotten so good at it and I've seen what's come from it in our relationship. It's still challenging for me to apply it elsewhere, you know, Um, I think I think also because Ambie, like I know that you're equally as committed to working on it as me and with Mm -hmm. other people, I'm just not. I'm not really sure, right? Like where they're at necessarily. What would you say to that, Sasha? Do you have any tips for me about, or tips for women about about that, about like feeling more confident to go towards conflict or or have those conversations? Like one of the rules that we have with Yogi Lab, with us as a team, is like we call it tough love. We're we're like embracing to really go into this thing, calling each other out, like have those heated moments and conversations if necessary because we because we know it comes from a place of love it comes from a place that we want the best for each other and we want the best for the business and we want the best like you know just in general so it all comes from a place of love so whenever someone brings something up instead of going immediately into like oh no 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 i need to defend myself right now it's just actually taking a moment and listen and like what's behind that knowing whatever he says to me right now like he doesn't want to hurt me you know, that's just like my, my initial reaction and, and trigger. And that helps obviously with your closest friends, with your family to establish those kind of foundations. With people that you don't have that deep, tight bond and connection, obviously, you know, you want to communicate in a respectful way. You want to communicate in a very authentic way, which often is an issue. And then I think the easiest way is just like to drop the bump. You know, pull the trigger right away. Like, for example, if I would quit a job, I actually did this when I moved to Bali. I quit my job and I went to my boss and was like, hey, I need a meeting with you guys. So we went into this meeting. First thing there, I said, like, look, I'm going to quit. I want to get out of this company as soon as possible and I'm going to move to Bali. And they were like, whoa, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. You know, like I was, you know, the the one that would build the whole company with them. Yeah. Um. But then what happened is like one, all the weight was off my shoulders. So the the most difficult part was already gone. And then on top of it, everyone in the room on that table knew exactly what we're talking about. There was no not me like trying to like, oh, you know, like this and that and da da da. And then at some point it's like, yeah, and by the way, I actually really want to quit and like, you know, kind of really move to Bali and blah. Yeah. So everyone knew exactly what's the situation. And then we could address it. And basically, after I said, like, I'm going to quit, I rolled the whole thing out and told them why. I told them what is my plan, what I'm going to do. And then they understood. It was like, you have our full support. When do you want to stop? It's like, well, immediately. And, you know, less than two weeks later, they were like, okay, fine. You have three months paid and, you know, like, just thank you for everything you've done. Yeah. That's that clarity and communication you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And when you have that clarity, you have that confidence. And when you have that confidence, people can resonate with it because there's no like question. It's like women or men when they say no, but the other person is not really receiving it as a no. They continue to like pursue you. It's like because you're not really like straightforward with your no. You're not really mean it. You say it, Mm -hmm. but your communication doesn't say like you're standing behind your no. Mm. That's a good point. How do you... (sighs) That's a good point. So I guess my question would be like, how do you get that clarity within yourself before you go to whatever situation it is? Because I can think of like a situation with family members, for example, that maybe you don't know, you don't want to hurt their feelings, but you want to be really crystal clear with them that you're not going to be treated this way anymore. Or you're, you're trying to set your boundaries, right? So how would someone get clear with themselves on where to go from here? Yeah. I think it's a two-step process. <clears throat> One, you got to obviously find that clarity within. And when you look, if I look at my life, like I want to be very clear, like what are my values? What are my principles? If I don't really know that, and what are the things that I'm definitely not okay with? In relationships, we would call them like non-negotiables, red flags, right? right. If I know my red flags... And I really like know like, okay, honesty and transparency is so important. So if someone lies to me, that's a huge red flag. Mm-hmm. But then I encounter someone lying to me and I still continue to date. Then I'm like, you're not really in alignment with your values. 
you're not in alignment with like living up to like what are your red flags because if you would then you would just like okay thank you that's it next like i'm not gonna waste my time on this so if you have that clarity about your values what is it actually that you want in life for yourself and in relationship with others and that can be you know romantic relationships friendships partners family it doesn't really matter even in business then you can communicate from that kind of place. So that's step one. And step two is you want to know how to communicate that. So if, I, if I'm like coming straight at you, it's like, hey, I don't like that you do this and that. It's like, it's not really a healthy way of communicating, right? But if I'm like, look, this is what I noticed. Like the other day when we were talking, I just realized, um, actually, actually, you can start even further in that. You're like there's something that I really want to share with you that's really close to my heart. And I feel like if I don't address it, then I have this thing between us and I don't want this between us. So in order to respect myself and in order to respect you, and we have a healthy foundation for the future as well, there's something that I really want to share with you. Are you open? Like, can I, can I do that? Is that okay with you? And there's like, yeah, of course. And then you share from a place of like, this is what's happening inside of you. It's not like they did something wrong and you did something wrong, it's more like, this is what I have experienced. Like, when you did this to me, like, that's what's going on inside of me. And I know, like, I'm responsible for my own feelings, and I'm responsible for my emotions. And I just want to, like, find a way that we can avoid that in the future so it's not going to come up again. Because that's an energy that I just want to avoid between us. Like, how are they going to respond to this? It's like, no, it's all your thing. Like, you know, leave me alone. I'm going to continue whatever I'm going to do. It's like, no, they love you, especially your family. They don't want you to like feel that way. So obviously then you have like, you have a foundation to build new sets of communication containers and relationship containers, basically. Yeah. I love that. I could keep Does that answer your questions? Yes, it did very much. And actually like, it's bringing up more questions of why, why don't we learn this in school? I wonder, you know what I mean? Like when we're children, this would be critical information to know on how to effectively communicate with nonviolence tactics. So I think that's great. If that's one of those things uh, for us as parents, we, we just got to do that job because we're not going to get it in school. Yeah. You know, Um, and creating those kind of foundations with your kids in your family is just you allow your kids to become, you're leading by example. So obviously they're going to do exactly the same thing when they go out, Mm -hmm. you know, and if you encounter them, like this is what happens with kids. In the beginning, we're all super honest, right? There's like no filters, no judgments. It's just like straight to the face, whatever they think. Yeah. Like pure honesty. But then whenever we lie for whatever kind of reasons, teachers, parents are like, oh, no, 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 you're not going to lie. And then all of a sudden we're in this confusion. It's like, wait a second, on one end, we're super honest. On the other side, like we're not supposed to lie. But like when I'm honest, I'm potentially hurting other people. And then yeah. we're ending up finding something in between that is not this and not that. And everyone is kind of okay with it. Yeah. And that's when I had, like, I've never had an argument with my parents. I'm not lying. This is really the case. When there was like a fight or whatever, which didn't exist, we literally sat on a table and we talked about it. And sometimes the agreement was like, okay, we agree to disagree. But everyone was listening to the other point's perspective and opinion. And then you kind of find a compromise. Wow. That's it. Yeah. That's enlightened. That's <laughs> yeah. Like That's what beautiful. were, how were your parents? So, um, like ahead of, ahead of the times, it sounds like, how were they? So level headed. It was, yeah. it was a conscious choice. That's all that is. It was just yeah. an intentionality to raise me with love. You know, they didn't have that type of, um, childhood. They left the house when they were 14 and became athletes. You know, back in the days in east of Germany, like they had to live in Berlin instead of like wherever they were from in Germany. So it was different. So my dad's father passed away when he was 17. So he didn't have that father role for a long time either. Um, They just realized, okay, those are the things that we don't like. 
And here are a few things that we want to do different. And then I asked them, like, well, how did you learn how to raise me the way how you raised me? You know, did you read a bunch of books? Like, what did you actually do in order to have those skills? And it's like, we didn't read any books. We had no clue what we were doing. We just had one intention. That was, like, to raise you with love. And if we do that, we know, we know we're going to make many mistakes. But if we raise you with love, everyone, everything is going to be fine. You know, so it's just this conscious choice. And it doesn't matter if you had it in the past or not. Because you can still give that to yourself, to other people, to your kids, and, you know, to your surrounding. And I think that's the big thing. It's, it's a choice. Yeah. It's about, it's about, it sounds like it's about being really intentional. Um, yeah. And always coming back to your intention. and. Uh, everyone, on, by the way, there's been a lot of Facebook comments. Uh, and Andrea Stevenson says, that's beautiful, raising with love. Uh, Judy Armstrong says, oh, goodness, I needed to hear this. Um, Forrest Keller said, is he an only child? I, I have the same question. Me yeah. too. I actually was picking up on uh, – yeah, I was thinking you were. Yeah. And I asked him. I asked my parents why. And, like, my jaw was dropping when my dad explained to me why. He was like, look, when he was super young – I just realized I have so much love for you and I couldn't imagine sharing that love. I just wanted to give it all to you and just pour you with love. And that's when I knew I don't want any other kids. And I was just like, that's you know, sweet. so yeah, it was very beautiful. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, it's so beautiful. It's almost like I keep getting this image in my mind's eye. It's almost like your parents were, like help we're all born with our gifts and what we're here to give right and our purpose and that but it feels like your parents and and you know the idea and I don't know if you resonate with this but that we pick our parents you know and we the soul families and it's so beautiful because I just see that so strongly with you it's like your parents just were the perfect parents for you to to gather all this information and go along your path to do what you're doing now it's it's really so beautiful um I was also going to say, so what would you say to people who, because this is what I was thinking when you were sharing about that. So like my parents, love them to death. Mom and dad, if you listen, I love you. You did did awesome. Literally did awesome. But Uh um, (laughs) (laughs) get ready. But there's a big butt coming. No, there was was a lot of uh, just – I think they like to argue, like they 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 showed me a lot of arguing, not like uh, knock down drag out arguing, but arguing kind of to it was like wanting like attorneys, to be right. What'd you say? Like attorneys, right? Like yeah, pleading your case. Yeah, and but also like wanting to be right and like that being entertaining in some way. I don't know. The point is, I grew up thinking like, oh, that's how you have relationships with people. Like you are, me and my husband, we're both very uh, stubborn. We can both be very stubborn. And in the beginning of our relationship, we would fight like crazy and it would be these, like it would be so hard to come to a resolution. Now, as I've been doing my personal work and, and spiritual growth, it's like anytime we start with that, I'm like, oh God, I can't, I can't even, like it doesn't feel attractive to me. It doesn't feel like something I want to engage in. But I guess that brings me to the question of like, what would you say to somebody who, like me, grew up with these patterns, right? Seeing this modeled of uh, maybe something other than, you know, just raising them with love, right? Uh, what would you say to someone like that of, of how to ensure that you don't perpetuate that if you don't want to? Yeah. I think it's a lot of observation, you know, a lot of observation what's going on inside as you just said, it's like, oh, I don't even want to deal with that. Basically, the energy behind it is like, it's just a waste of energy. Mm-hmm. You know, why do you want to engage in something that you already know it's not good for you? It's, and two people that are doing this and fighting and arguing, it doesn't even have to be crazy things. It can just be about like, you know, who, uh, who was not taking care of the dishes. Yeah. Basically, that's just like, as you said, trying to be right. And true is the ego. 
you know, it's like the ego that's behind it instead of like, no, wait a second, we don't need this ego. Like we're union. We decided to be together. We have that choice. We have that love for each other. Why are we fighting about like so much nonsense, stupid things, you know? And that's what we learn in Vipassana and in, in meditation so much. And that's what helped me a lot with my dad actually is you observe those things and you learn not to react to them, right? That's the big thing. And you guys had Dave, Dave on already, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously he talks a lot about that and like he helped me a lot to give me visualizations with my dad to really deal with that grief. And and I think it's the same in life. You know, we can engage in certain things because we're becoming super reactive or we're trying to look at reality as it is and not like as what we want it to be in order to like feed our ego. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I love that. That's beautiful. beautiful. I think that I think it's, that's really important. And you said, as we want it to be. And I would also even say, like, as we try to anticipate how other people are viewing it, right? So we're getting defensive on what we think someone else is going to say or might say or should say. And in reality, that's not even happening. So yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. Have you guys read the book, Leadership and Self-Deception? No. No. It's a powerful book. And for every leader, for parents, or especially for people in the business world, it's such a great book. It talks about like we all have our own little box that we're in. And everything that we look at, every engagement, every conversation, relationship that we have, we just look at it through this one box. But then on the other side, they have their own box. And we don't want to acknowledge and accept that at all. So then we're ending up in this because we're we're never putting ourselves on the other side into the other box and doing that. And they explain it so well. And it's such an easy read, you know, it's like a four or five hour audible listen. Oh, nice. It's a really powerful book that I can highly recommend. What was it called again? Leadership, Leadership. and self-deception. Thank you. I was going to thank God it's on audible because I was just about to say like, Sasha, don't give me one more <laughs> book that I ordered and have not read yet. I have, I have had 9 billion amazing book recommendations and I'm like, okay. And I order all of them and they're all here on my shelf. Just waiting. To I put read. them on my shelf. So it looks like I read. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. <laughs> they're very nice decorations. Um, but also, yeah, one one I mean they're they're all such great books, but you know what, Audible. That's a really good that's a really good idea for anyone who's listening who knows they want to read books and consume more information, but uh don't find yourself sitting down and, and cracking it open, check out Audible. Um, and that sounds like an amazing recommendation. We'll put that in the show notes. Um cool. Are we sponsored by Audible today? No, no. we should <laughs> we should be. Um, what is the question though about that? Like, what does that have to do with lead with regards to leadership? Like, what does that have to do in terms of like the self-deception? I I think that title is really fascinating. Mm. How do the two, Um, they, it's, they, they talk about a company and a CEO who basically created this very new company culture, which is like the self-deception like look at your own box and put yourself into the other person's box Mm. and that creates such different dynamics for example you talk about the the fights that you have with your husband Mm -hmm. and obviously you just communicate and filter everything through your own experience right but once you put yourself into the other person's perspective and experience yeah like we never do that but if you actually do it's like oh wow i actually acted a little bit like a bitch here and i couldn't (laughs) hear you know (laughs) <laughs> that happens. Yeah. So just like that little shift of looking at looking at it from the other side can make a huge difference. Yeah. And then you all of a sudden you're in solution focused um, mindset instead of just like wanting to be right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think though it can fe- <laughs> again going back to this like programming right. It can also feel like I know. At times, it can almost feel like um, it's like flirting or something when you're when you're when you're arguing with someone, even though it's not it it might not be, but it's like what you perceive that as if you've grown up with that in a certain way. You know, we've all grown up with certain like relationship dynamics that were our norm, yeah. right? And so I think. <laughs> 
I don't know. Also, I think sometimes like in my case, sometimes I'll pick a fight because it's like fun or it's like a fun little mix up for a second. And then again, it's like you don't want that energy all the time. But I don't know. What do you think about that? Is that unhealthy? Um, Is what's your perspective on on? I don't know. Don't couples like need a little bit of. I don't know. Something. No. So. What you're saying is like it turns you on if you pick a fight with your husband? It's just like sometimes we'll pick a fight with each other and then we'll just be laughing while we're like contesting one another. And it's like, no, you did this. No. And we laugh and it's funny. So I don't know. I guess there's different types of, uh, quote, fighting. And that sounds like a very healthy kind of like argument and fight, right? Because yeah. you're already like past the stage of like trying to be right. Yeah. Because then you're in the state of like, what are we doing here? You know, and both yeah. can acknowledge like, okay, this is fucking ridiculous. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, why don't we hug each other and like make out in bed almost, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. clears throat> um, okay. And that's like, you already passed that stage of like trying to be right. Right. When you had in that case, it becomes a little bit flirty and like hilarious. Yeah. Then that's pretty good. And then it can obviously be fun. And we right. need a little bit of um, different dynamics in our relationships. If, if everything is just always... There was a time in my life when I thought, like, I just want chaos in my life. Mm. Yeah. You know, I want that roller coaster. If it's just too much of a smooth ride, I'm getting bored. Yeah. And I wasn't the complete opposite. I just, I was trying to attract chaos and drama into my life until I realized that's not a good look, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, you want that smooth ride and then you want those small little peaks. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. So true. So true. Forrest Keller on Facebook said that should be a love language, maybe. I maybe she's talking about the the playful little fights. Um, but oh, do you have any perspective? Like, what is your perspective on love languages? You into them? It's, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I love them. I work with them. I taught them just to a group of forty women in a, a women's retreat. <clears throat> wow. Um, it's funny. Like a lot of people don't know their love languages, which is. Like, I, I just don't understand. But my love languages have changed over time. You know, in the beginning, I was like, okay, my primary one is definitely touch. Physical touch, super important. Then later on, I realized, no, actually, words of affirmation is way more than touch. Like, if I don't, like, I can have all the touch in the world. If I don't have the words of affirmation, then, like, I feel like something is missing. And I, don't, I don't feel loved. Mm-hmm. But then, over the last two years, two, three years, that has shifted again. And now my love language, the, the primary one, is like acts of service. Because all the words in the world don't mean anything if they're not backed up by action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So, yes, they are all important. And receiving gifts is like completely, it doesn't give me anything. Um, but just knowing what your own love language really is. And not just like, oh, yeah, man, they're like, yeah, it's touch, 100%. It's like, mm-hmm. that might be right, but is it really? Mm. You know? <clears throat> And it's the same for, for women, like just being a little bit more aware, what is your own love language and how does your partner receive love and give love makes such a big difference. You know, if your husband does all those beautiful things for you, you know, takes care of your car, puts some fuel in there, cleans it, puts out the garbage and all those kind of things. But all you want to do with him is like spending quality time. Then you think, man, this guy just really doesn't love me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what is she talking about? I'm doing all those things for her because I love her. You know, it's because there's this lack and misunderstanding of how does everyone receive and show love. So everyone who hasn't done, you can do this test online, the uh, five love languages.com or something like that. Just Google it. It's such a powerful thing that can enhance the relationship dynamics massively. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Amen. I think you yeah. to do that with kids too. Because then oh, you really find out because my love language is very, very different than my children's love language. Okay. And so, and then they, they have, um, there was this child psychologist on TikTok that I found. So super reputable, referable. Anyway, she was saying that if your child is attached to you all the time, their love language is um, quality time. Mm-hmm. And it just made so much sense to me. I'm like, of course, because they can't just take the test or they can't just 
say to you, hey, I would like to spend quality time with you because they don't even know what that is yet. So it really makes a lot of sense. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, I like like that. What is your love language, Ambi? Um, I should know this as your business partner. Uh, my primary, actually, what's funny is that I don't remember my primary language, but I know that acts of um, gifts triggers me, actually. When <laughs> I get, triggers it, me too. it triggers me because I feel automatically like two things. You're doing something because you want something in return or now I owe you something, right? So you didn't like the Yo Nana's thing I got for you? For- no, I love it. <laughs> That's why you no. were so angry. You're like, oh my God. And then you got me the waffle maker in return spontaneously. Because <laughs> you're like, I need this off of me now. That was the energy. I got her a no. gift. I got her a gift for the holidays. Because I didn't. Here's what's funny. I no, I didn't think we were doing gifts for the holidays. I I didn't think we were either. Because I don't like the I don't well, I'm getting better at gifts, but I don't I don't need the gifts either. So I thought we weren't gonna do them. Then she tells me that, like accidentally tells me that, oh, she got me like a little bath bomb thing and I found out like an accident. But that was it. So then I go, shit, she's gonna get me a gift. So I'm like, okay, I gotta get her a gift. So I get her this like cool like thing. It's a machine that like turns your frozen fruit into like soft serve ice cream. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, like super cool. So I get it arrives at her house and I can tell she's really triggered by it. She just something's up. Like she doesn't like so then uh, just like a little time goes by and then I don't know I said something about like a waffle maker she's like you want waffles you want waffles you like waffles you don't have a waffle maker okay you know what I done deal and it was like two days later a waffle maker was at my place and I could feel she was like oh now I can breathe <laughs> <laughs> so okay we should never get each other gifts again is That's what so true okay so here's the thing Alexa's really good at gift gift giving like she went above and beyond one year and found out my favorite coffee and got me like a whole box found of out my your favorite, favorite coffee. coffee. You drink the same coffee every day. But it was so nice. And I was like, there's oh. no way that I can like repay this. Like, what am I going to do? So when she was like, I, um, I used to make my kids fresh waffles every morning. I don't now because I'm just lazy at this point, but I used to. And I remember I was on the phone with her and she's like, you making them waffles again? I'm like, yeah, we're, you know, they like them. So we're eating them. She's like, I wish somebody would make me waffles. And that's when I was like, you like waffles? You want waffles? <laughs> so that was actually for the coffee gift. That wasn't even for the, the frozen yogurt, but Bryn, Bryn loves that gift. Loves oh, good. it. The unit, the, the frozen yogurt thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Cool. Everybody in the house I, loves it. I got the people in my life. I got many people that I love it, and I don't have one yet. So that's another gift you can get me. <laughs> you can just get me that gift. Anyway, the point is, it's really funny that gift triggers both of us. And, um, and yet, yeah. so here we are. Why, why is that, though? What, what's this? I'm really curious, like, genuinely curious. Like, well, what, my, what's the triggering part of that? Well, my husband, his love language is gifts giving. Okay. He literally gives all every week there's like something that arrives in the mail. It's the sweetest thing ever. And it, I, I've learned over time, he's telling me like, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about what you need. I'm thinking about what you would like. It's very, very yeah. sweet. And I've gotten better with it. But I think for me, what triggers me is like, oh, kind of like what Ambie was probably feeling. Like, I didn't get you anything. And also like, this isn't how I give. And this isn't, this isn't my love language. And also now I have to think of things to pay you back. And it's just... <clears throat> I don't know. It does. It feels triggering. It, you know what it feels like when you're at a bar and a guy buys you a drink? I'm like, don't, no, don't buy me anything. I don't want to owe you anything. That's I literally never had that happen to me. <laughs> anyway, not the point. The it's point is hard to believe. my, my, um, my reasoning behind this, <laughs> my, my reasoning behind this is a little different. I would have boyfriends growing up that would buy me things and then would be then would be like, I bought you this, so um, now you owe me X, Y, and Z, whatever the X, Y, and Z was, right? So it would always really trigger me when someone would buy me something because now I felt like I owe them something. Even though I know logically that that is not the case, it's still this thing in my head that's like, 
shit, now we've got to be even. Okay, how can we be even so I can get this off my slate? It's not even like, but I genuinely wanted to buy nice gifts uh, for you. But I, I will do, I will do some nice things if I know that that's your love language. Like Catherine, that is her love language. So she was having a tough day and I showed up at her house with yeah, flowers and so candy. Nice. So like, that's one of the things that I will go above and beyond, but um, normally it's, it's not. It's nice funny, right? Like how difficult it is sometimes for us to just receive. Yeah. 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 Right. Like it's so much easier to give than just to receive. If someone gives you a beautiful gift, just, or even a compliment, yeah. Just like to take that in is just like, oh, thank you. You know, just like really acknowledging someone, one, doing that. And two, you allowing yourself to really be able to take that in. It's so hard for us. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I totally agree. And I think it's, I think that's probably specifically when it comes to gifts. I think that's probably something that a lot of people have a hard time receiving because it specifically equates to money. And we have a big like financial... Uh, worthiness issue in in our society a lot of people struggle with that these these tangible things whereas the other uh love languages are less about tangible things and more about like what can i do for you um and how can i show you this um so but definitely like actually as i'm reflecting back i i like earlier on in me and my husband's relationship, I would get extremely triggered and I would like try to repay. I would like try to, and it would never go well. Like it was never something he liked. It was never something, it just, it was out of touch. Um, And now, especially over the past couple years that I've been working on my like self-worth and and my my, um, money stories and all of that, I definitely have gotten better at receiving the gifts and also um, and also I think at giving gifts. Ambi, it's like funny that you say I'm a good gift giver. I'm telling you I've I'm I've never been a good good gift giver until like one year ago. I swear. Because well, I, I think you're a really good gift giver. Well, thanks. It's all coming together. It's all it's all <laughs> healing. I, I think um, yeah, I don't know. It's just I didn't I actually didn't know what your love language was. I have to remember it. What's your love language? I like my, I think my, I think it's words of affirmation and physical touch are my two. Like being told how awesome I am. I like that. You're a great gift giver. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Sasha. Appreciate it. Um, But what, you don't know what yours is? Um... Let me see. I can't remember what the survey, the little test said, because I took it so long ago. But thinking about what makes me the happiest would probably be acts of service. Mm. I really, really like that. Like if I if you just do something nice for me, it just makes me um, it makes me feel really seen and really appreciated. Yeah. Perfect. I feel that. What's your acts of service? Mine is acts of service, and then the secondary one is uh, physical touch. Yeah. yeah, like I said, you know, all those words, those beautiful affirmations and whatnot, ultimately, they don't mean anything if they're not backed up by action. Because a lot of people is like, oh, I really love you. And like, you know, you, they're saying all the right things. But then when you actually look at their behaviors, and that's what happens a lot in relationships as well, <clears throat> it's not backed up by action. Yeah. You know, right. so their intentions and their actions are not aligned. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. what am I actually interested in? Like, I don't want anyone to tell me all the right things, but then I still feel shitty because the way how they behave toward me is right. just wrong. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> so that's why I shifted from words of affirmation to, to acts of service. Mm-hmm. It's cool, too, to see how, like, your love languages are probably evolving because you're evolving, too, and you're getting to know yourself better, going back to the whole getting clear within yourself and then being able to communicate more clearly, right? That's why this whole journey is all about getting to know yourself better so that you can tell other people how to love you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And just to to learn to love yourself, you know, because as we mentioned in the very beginning, this negative self-talk that we engage with in so much 
I'm not good enough and I can't do this and like, you know, all those things. It's like it's the communication with ourselves and yeah. just learning how to reframe that um, makes such a big difference because you can just vibrate from a totally different energy into the world and to everyone around you. Mm. Love nice. that. Beautiful. Well, Sasha, how can people work with you? There's a ton of find people. Me online. Yeah. Um, find me online. Sasha Hart, A-E, not E-A, um, on Facebook, or just send me, shoot me a DM on Instagram, Sasha underscore Hart, um, or find me through Yogi Lab, our online business. Um, yeah, super open. Um, love, I love, like, I love communicating. So having those kind of chats is like, that just fills up my heart so much. So <laughs> being in that type of energy is, is amazing. So thank you so much for having me as well. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for being here and sharing so vulnerably and just, you know, just being you. It's the more and more, I don't know, I, I meet people, the more I realize how much of a gift it is just each person just being who they are and just how showing up as they are is just, like you said, it just radiates off of them. And yeah. so... It was really beautiful to share this space with you. Thank you for coming on. And if you guys want to connect with Sasha, you can check out our show notes on the audio version of this podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Have a beautiful day or evening for you guys. It's morning for me. Yeah. And <laughs> it, was, it was a pleasure. Love you both. I had a great time. Oh, so much love to you. And thank you all for watching on Facebook and listening. And until next time, keep on blooming. There we go. We said it. <laughs> Bye, everybody. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Until next time, remember, open your heart to the seeds of love and light and bloom from within.